Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yes, it's wonderful. And, um, you know, just to share with the listeners, 
you know, we connected through a mutual friend and only a short time ago. And yeah, I feel as though we've known each other forever and you've done some really great work and I'll share a little bit of that later, but I'm really pleased to have you on the show and to share with us such a fascinating subject as the Akashic Records. So perhaps we can start by having you explain to our listeners what are the Akashic Records. The Akashic Records are an energetic archive that were gifted to us by our Creator. So we all have an Akashic Record, and in that record contains every detail about our soul from the time that it was created. Now, unfortunately, most of us didn't know about them for a long time, and some people still don't. But it's this amazing, powerful tool where we can go to get information about who we are and how we are, the way that we're made. And knowing this information helps us then to channel and use our soul purpose to empower our lives. That's fantastic. Um, And a really fascinating subject for me, certainly. I'm really keen on this and and absolutely grateful for the fact that you did an Akashic Records reading for me which was absolutely insightful and uh, having personally experienced it I can absolutely endorse the value of what you do but I'm also curious about how you changed from diving into databases in that third dimensional world um, and having an, an IT background as well, I know very well how left-brained logical that is. How on earth did you get into diving into the Akashic Records database on a completely different dimension? Yeah, it was quite a journey. I mean, since I was a kid, I would always get these um, insightful just bits of knowledge, and I had no idea where they came from, and sometimes things would just come out of my mouth, and I would find myself wondering, where did that come from? And I never really understood it, didn't think too much about it, and went about my life and did the IT thing, and then I got into horses, and I had this difficult horse, and I ended up learning animal communication as one of the modalities to help her, and through that, it opened up the door to my intuition, And then I started following the breadcrumbs that my guides threw out for me. And that led me to doing some channeling and doing some mediumship work. And finally, when I clicked with the Akashic Records, it was like I came home. Everything made sense. When I learned from the records what my sole purpose was, that explained to me why I was driven to be an entrepreneur, for one thing, which I didn't really understand why it made me nuts to work with for other people. And... (laughs) Why? I always knew these things. It was part of my gift. My gift is about helping other people tap into their wisdom and their power. Yes, that's wonderful. And very interesting that you should have had that awakening experience with your horse because I had a very similar situation myself, and that's something else that we have in common, which is wonderful. So how do you access the Akashic Records? Well, the way I do it is I ground myself first, and then I get into a meditative state, and I ask for permission to enter the records, because your records belong to you, and people can't just go rooting around in there without permission. So when I work with someone, they give me permission, then I access their record through the the meditative process. At that point, I've just opened myself up to be the channel. I'm just receiving And very often what comes through is like a movie. I will see, you know, pictures and lots of symbolism comes through and there will be uh, words spoken and it just, sometimes I'll even taste or feel things. It's very um, visceral what comes through. And then I just relay that to my client. Yes, and and when we did the right reading, for for me, I was really uh, fascinated by how symbolic you know it's very very based around symbolism and metaphor and not at all the kind of logical um, information that you might necessarily expect how difficult is it to interpret or how easy is it to interpret the symbolism it's different in all cases some things will come through and I'll, I'll say to a person you know I'm on the moon why am I on the moon and and I'll get, oh, I'm so fascinated with the moon, and I've always wanted to go there, and like, okay, so that means something to you. Other times I maybe will get a color, and 
that doesn't mean anything to the person particularly. So then we can look that up later to see what the symbolism is of that color or whatever the object is. Sometimes it's an animal. And then we can piece that together with the message, and then it all comes together like this incredibly beautiful, perfect puzzle. Mm. And that's so helpful for people. I know it's been extremely helpful for me in really diving into some of the background that you might feel as though it's the right thing, but it's so great to get validation of that as well as, you know, understanding new aspects of it. So, yeah, yeah. so what, what kind of information do you actually access in there for people? It really depends on what they're seeking. Um, I like to do channeled readings because in that case, I just go in and let whatever the guides need to communicate come through. And then if the person wants to ask questions, I can pause the message and ask their questions, and we can go back and forth. So those are lovely. Sometimes a person will come and they've got a specific question. Maybe they've got a, a situation in their life that's difficult. Maybe it's a relationship that they need help with. And so I will go to their record with that specific request and relay what they have to say. And then I also do another style of reading that's a soul profile where I go to the record with a specific list of questions. I'm going to find out what are their gifts, what is their soul group, do they have any uh, unjustified karma that's hanging around that's interfering with their life, you know, what are the blocks and restrictions, are there energetic tears that need to be healed. And so we find what all of these things are and we piece that together. And that helps them to understand themselves at that deeper level so then they can take that information and move forward. And then we also do a clearing process to get rid of all that negativity so that now they've learned their lesson and they're free to move on, make new choices, and have a better life. Right. And what you explained to me is that certainly around the soul profile information, some of the um, aspects of that, are actually permanent conditions for us that are uh, present throughout our different lives, whereas other things are just temporary for a specific life. Could you explain that? Oh, sure. The way that your soul is made when you were first created, that is your, your divine gifts, your soul energy, and that's all about your purpose. That doesn't change from lifetime to lifetime. What will change are the various experiences. So as you go through lifetimes, you're gathering these experiences. You're probably picking up some negative karma that needs to be resolved and carrying that forward. Um, For myself, I can give you an example. I had a a memory of a past life where I was in the the Salem Witch Trials and they dunked me and I drowned. And I only saw that part. But then it was like, okay, now I understand. Since I was a small child, I freaked out if people put water in my face. It was really terrifying to go under the water. And, okay, now I understand that. I can release that. That's been hanging around with me since, you know, all those many lifetimes ago. And so it'll be things like that. And it's different for everybody. Hmm, Very interesting, yes. And... uh... I guess it's really helpful for people to know the kind of uh, permanent fundamental aspects of their soul profile to understand. You talked about superpowers to me, mm-hmm. you know, that that's really a characteristic throughout all of their lives, the fundamental characteristic that they have. And how does that, you know, how do people respond to learning this kind of information? Most of the time it's just such a revelation because often what your your divine gift or your superpower, as I call it, is, you don't necessarily appreciate it. You might think it's actually a character defect because you're not using it properly. And you also don't appreciate fully that this is something that is unique to you, that not everybody else has this. So understanding what the gift is, then that just opens up this whole field for you to now take that gift and put it to use for you. Instead of dragging along like an anchor that's causing you problems, you actually can channel it for your own empowerment. And that's that's transformational. Yeah, absolutely. And you're shifting from some negative perception of it into a much more positive application of it. Absolutely, yes. Because it was your gift all along, but 
unless you understand. That's why I call it the missing manual to you. Unless you understand that it's a gift and that it was meant for you to use for your empowerment, you're not going to get the full benefit. Absolutely. And, of course, we have the gifts that are appropriate for our purpose as well. Isn't that, isn't that true? Yes, they go together. Absolutely. Absolutely. So can anyone read the records? Anyone at all, because they're yours. They're your birthright, and you have access to them. Not everybody knows how or maybe has the uh, innate ability. It can be learned. But if they don't want to spend the time to learn, then there are people like me who are very happy to read the records for them. So, But the simple answer is yes. Right. So you're really a facilitator of that process. Yes. Right. And presumably the more you do it, the the more proficient you become at actually accessing the records. Absolutely. And there's a whole trust factor there because, you know, our egos jump in and say, oh, that's not really true. You made that up. And, you know, it, it, it takes a while to get to the place where you can trust and allow the message to come through. There's a huge learning curve there. Right. So is it a prerequisite for people to have done quite a bit of inner work before they come to the Akashic Records for information? Generally, people don't even learn about the Akashic Records until they've reached a certain level of consciousness where they're ready to hear it. And then once they learn about it, they'll feel pulled to it because they'll want this information. Their soul knew it was there all along and was trying to get them there. And, of course, the guides are dropping breadcrumbs trying to guide us to Mm -hmm. it. But until we've shifted and we're ready, it probably won't even cross our path. Right. And, you know, I think we've all experienced um, having information brought to us at absolutely the the perfect time and, you know, not before and not too late so that we receive it exactly when we're ready for it. So, yeah, I've experienced that a lot. And that makes perfect sense. And presumably our guides guide us to that information just when we're ready to receive it and perhaps need that validation. Yeah, they're very good about validating pretty much every time I read for somebody. There will be details that come through that are only there for the purpose to validate so that they can feel comfortable that, yeah, this is really coming from the guides. We know who you are at full level, and we've got your back. Yeah, absolutely. So is it helpful for people to have specific questions or can they kind of approach it with a very open uh, expectation and just take in whatever happens to come up at the time? Either or both because your guides are always going to deliver the message that you need to hear at that point in time. They're not going to give you something that you won't be ready for for some time to come. It's always actionable and on target. Okay. So can you just explain the difference between an Akashic Records reading and a past life regression? Because there seem to be overlaps there, and I think it would help people to understand what the distinction is. Sure. When I do readings for people, I'm not specifically going and looking for past lives, so that's not a conscious process. However, sometimes there will be something from a past life that they need to deal with right now. It's part of what's going on. And so that will come through in the message, and then we can deal with that and move forward. So it's not specifically seeking it out, but if it comes, then we just trust that we needed to know it at that point in time, and we move forward with it. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, I know with the information that you shared with me, it's about the sources of certain issues that we've carried into this life that come up that are linked to a specific past life situation. So, again, it, it's providing some um, explanation, some reason for why perhaps some of the blocks that we're experiencing are actually happening that relate to a past life. And I think that's, again, very helpful for people because we, we often think, well, everything is, is my fault. It's something I've done in this lifetime. And it, it, they can't always really explain logically why certain things are are repeating themselves so i would imagine that your clients find it very helpful to have that kind of information that lets them off off the hook a bit doesn't it? it 
you know, rather than feeling negative self-deception about things. Yes, that comes up a lot because so many of us are beating up on ourselves all the time. And often a big part of the message is your guide team throwing a celebratory party and telling you just how amazing you are because we don't value ourselves. And our guides look at us as, you know, we are just awesome and warriors and champions and we have all of these positive attributes and they have our back and they're always there to help us. But if we don't value ourselves, then we are not going to step into our power and lead that life that we truly desire to lead. So there's a ton of that. Sometimes they come out as cheerleaders and they do rah-rah and, you know, just all kinds of of interesting, fun visuals that they'll send, whatever that person needs to hear. Um, I had one that was really fascinating. They um, gave me a visual of this person as a water sprite bringing up this wellspring from the ground, from deep in the ground, and like a ballerina dancing. And they wanted her to understand, this is how we see you. This is what your soul is. How can you criticize yourself when that's who you are at soul level? How can you not appreciate yourself? And yes, we have such a limited view of ourselves and our power, don't we? This is the whole point. We've been conditioned into a very third-dimensional, material, physical-only perception of ourselves. And yet we are so much more than that. And, you know, the work that you do with people is so valuable in helping people really understand the truth about themselves rather than this very limited picture that we've been taught is the the sum of of, of who we are. Yeah, we are all so much deeper than we have any conception of. So if somebody comes to you with a specific problem, will their guides actually tell them what to do to solve the problem? No, the guides will never tell you what to do because free choice is just the rule of the universe. They can't interfere with our free choice. What they will do is they will show you options. It would be like um, here's door number one and door number two and door number three, and you can choose any one of these options that feels right to you. And what they want you to know is if you choose wrong, it is not the end of the world. You can go through that door. You can start down that path. And if you suddenly realize that, oh, this doesn't feel as good as I thought, maybe it was the wrong choice, it's perfectly fine to go back and take a different choice. You're not locked in. Absolutely. And I always say that we're here on a learning journey, are we not? So part of the learning is, learning from mistakes as well we're not expected to get it all right first time it'd be nice but I always say well that's why we've got a lifetime to do this and and multiple lifetimes to do this well those of us who have been on the planet for a while have a, a little bit of a handicap in that area because we're having to learn it through a long life of experience but there are souls being born now who are part of that more awakened generation And they're remembering a lot more about who they are. And their journey is going to be so different from ours. You've probably heard about the Indigo Kids. Yes. You know, they're just in such a different place. And it's going to be just amazing to watch them and see what they do with their lives because they had that big head start. And then the cool thing is we don't have to feel sorry for ourselves because we're going to get another chance at it. And when we come back around next time, then we'll be more awakened as well. So... Obviously, you're connecting with the guides of your clients as they, as you do the Kashyyyk Records reading. A lot of people aren't necessarily feeling that connection to guides. Is that something that they can develop to continue after the reading in terms of really tuning into the, to the guidance that is open to them? Absolutely, because once they've had the experience and they've seen themselves through their guide's eyes and they've had that connection, it still remains. And now they have a larger awareness. And as they go about their days, they are going to be looking for that assistance, the breadcrumbs, as I like to call it, from their guides. And I usually give them a a little bit of a lesson on that um, 
about looking for the breadcrumbs, be it um, repeating numbers, which a lot of us are seeing lately. There's something energetically we're all seeing these repeating numbers. And so when you see that, go look them up and find out what they mean. And they may be seeing other uh, symbology that comes into their life, or they just may get an intuitive hit in their gut. And it's just be aware of it. When it happens, stop, acknowledge it. See if you can understand what it's all about. And if you don't understand, ask them to clarify. They will. And they'll keep sending the message until you get it. So this is really about raising awareness and presence to notice the things that happen around us rather than not even dismissing them, not noticing the things. I know personally you were saying about repeating numbers. I've been going through a, a period of repeatedly seeing 444 and 555 as well as the 1111 and everything. Mm-hmm. But I've also um, developed, and this is something I shared on Facebook recently, I've developed a collection of feathers. And as I said, it I didn't choose to collect them. The the feathers chose to come to me, you know. I just seem to find these feathers at very, very appropriate moments from a species that has such a powerful message. So it's what you're saying is it's really about noticing all these things around you, the natural world, the numbers and everything else, as, as pointers in a way to um, the direction and delivering the breadcrumbs, as you call them. Yes, it's it's just being aware of things that will pop up in your life that are not normal. Like, for instance, one day I'm driving down the road and this eagle swoops down in front of my car. I've never seen one in person before, so that was clearly a message from my guides. But, you know, I'm driving along and I forgot about it. So two days later, an eagle flew over my property, and that had never happened before. So it was like, okay, now I'm going to go inside and I'm going to look up what eagles are all about and get my message. So it'll be things like that. Or you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you start noticing yellow cars. And you think to yourself, that's really odd. I don't remember seeing yellow cars before. And then maybe you'll suddenly see several of them over a period of days. Just make a note of that and go look it up. What does yellow mean? What do cars mean? Is it the same model car that you see every time? Is there something about that that you can look up that will help you find your message or if you like to meditate just take it to meditation and say hey guys you know I keep seeing this can you just give me a clue what it's about yes and I've uh, interesting you um, spoke about eagles because I had a meditation way back when I was really in the process of developing my consciousness and spirituality back in 2009 and I actually had a vision of an eagle and that an eagle would be with me as a power animal and there was a period last year when I kept seeing the bald eagles flying over and I'd never seen one in in real life before and that was really a powerful message for me and actually yesterday I noticed there were three buzzards circling above the the field that I was walking the dog through and I thought "Mm, yeah I must look that up again because um, they've appeared before at a significant time so I find it really fascinating the way that we get these messages from our guides in whatever form they take it's really uh, very inspiring and and, uh, comforting in a way to know that you've got that connection to more than just the physical Well, when you think about it and the number of times it shows up, doesn't that raise your your awareness of just how involved your guides really are in your life? Because they're taking all of this care, and if you don't get the message, they keep sending it, and they try different things to get through to you. And they're just very persistent about being there to help us because that's their whole purpose. We have a guide team that's dedicated just to us. That's very reassuring, I have to say, (laughs) Deborah. So you help a lot of people, I believe, with relationship issues as well. That was one of the things that um, I was introducing at the beginning of the show. So can the records help in terms of getting to the root of relationship issues? Perhaps why you have problem relationships with parents or a sibling or somebody that you work with. Will, will Will the Akashic records explain that? Yes, sometimes they will explain it outright. 
sometimes they'll give it in a, a story. Um, I'll just give you an example that happened not long ago. I was reading for this lady, and the first thing I got was this visual of this little girl cowering on the ground with her hands over her head and her face, and an adult standing over her, stabbing her viciously. And she started crying, and she said, that's my mother. She's treated me like her enemy my entire mm-hmm. life, and I don't know why. And so now I know what the problem is, and we, I go in and I ask for more information. And the story came through that they had some old unresolved karma. And unfortunately, they had the opportunity to resolve it in this lifetime, but the mother was not conscious of it, obviously, uh, and just was not willing to resolve it. So it was up to the daughter to go ahead and clear that old karma and to move forward and to heal herself. Because we're not responsible for the other person. We have to take care of ourselves. So, yeah, stuff like that will happen all the time. And, you know, it may be something from a past life. It may be something from current that we just aren't aware of. But it's all there. And with a little bit of sleuthing, we can bring that out. Right. And um, I'd like to also explore a little bit about the soul purpose that you can uncover as well because um, I take the view that we have a soul purpose and a life purpose and the life purpose is about the doing and the soul purpose is about the being and how the two are interconnected. Is, Is that something that the Akashic Records reveal in terms of the soul purpose and, and the doing side of what we're here to do? Or is it purely about this kind of fundamental um, soul-level purpose without the third-dimensional activity? Does that make sense, that question? I think so, yeah. Well, first of all, if we don't know what our soul purpose is, then you know we're just missing this huge piece of ourselves, and we're not going to live to our, you know, our fullness that we could achieve. So it's really important to find out how is our soul made, what is that energy, and you know how does that energy function so that we can channel it for our own empowerment? And so there are, are eight different categories of soul energies, energy centers, or I call them superpowers. And so we look to see what is your primary energy, because you have them all, but you have them in, in lesser quantities, and we're focused on what's that primary one so that we can take that and use it. So first we want to look for that. And then the... Um, the lesson or what it is that we wanted to achieve for this particular incarnation, of course, that's going to change every time. So we choose that before we incarnate. What is it we want to work on this lifetime? And then that comes in harmony with our soul purpose. We use them together. Those are our tools now we move forward. Does that answer the question? Yes, thank you. Yeah, very much so. I'm also interested to just go back to what you were saying about how you came to explore the Akashic Records and uh, the particular role of your horse in being the catalyst for you really tapping into that intuitive element because, um, you know, as I said, I had a similar experience myself with a horse. These beings that come to us to act as a catalyst, are they they, uh, an incarnation of a guide to to really trigger that shift in consciousness and shift into our purpose? You know, I don't know for sure. I would say that what feels to me right is that they could be, because horses certainly have these amazing, incredible souls, and we connect with them on such a deep level, those of us who are horse lovers. And, yeah, I mean, when you look and you see what develops in your relationship and your life as a result of that relationship with that horse, you have to say there's something more to this. This is not just a, a simple happenstance. This was for a reason. So for me, I believe my guides led me to that particular horse because I found her on the Internet for crying out loud. I fell in love with her picture, and I drove seven hours to meet her, and I, I bought this horse who had no training, and I'm living in Brooklyn, and how nuts is that? And so we started on this incredible journey together, and because of that and having to help her, and again, I believe that was the breadcrumbs from my guides leading me in that direction, I started opening up my intuitive channel 
and allowing this natural ability to develop. And then, of course, that starts the ball moving even faster, and it eventually led me to the Akashic Records. Now, part of my divine gift is just an incessant need to research. And so that is what helped me then to move forward and to finally find the Akashic Records. So all of this works in just such perfect symmetry. It's, you know, our free choice is there. We know that. And yet all these pieces fit together so beautifully because they lay out the options for us. And then we choose the options. But the secret about that is it wouldn't matter if you took door number one, number two, or number three. You're probably still going to end up at the same destination. And then you have a whole new set of choices. It's just the experiences getting from one point to the next are going to be different depending on your choice. That's really interesting because, um, you know, what you were saying about the way you found your horse, I mean, I knew that there was a significance to mine because he was literally delivered to my doorstep. <laughs> it was quite amazing. And I thought, this didn't happen by accident. So it is really wonderful the way that these, uh, you know, we are all connected and we're all working in, in concert with each other and acting as catalysts for each other as well. So um, I find that really fascinating. So, how do we know and feel confident that the information is really from our guides? Is there a way of telling that? Well, there's two parts to that. Um, the first part is if you're getting a reading, how do you know if what's coming through is from your guides? And that goes back to what I mentioned earlier, the validation. There will always be elements in the reading that will validate for you things that this person reading for you could not possibly have known. And so one person said to me, it was scary accurate. And, it, and a friend said to her, how much do you know this person? And no, we just met online and talked and, you know, this is what came through. So clearly it didn't come from me. It came from her guides. So that's the first part of it. And the second part of it is that if we have the desire to connect with our guides and to get their messages. Then we open ourselves up to that and we listen for it. And then we get a message and we say, okay, is that my ego or is that my guides? Because we all go through that process. And what they've told me is try it. If you think it might be from your guides, you don't want to risk not using it, right? You, I mean, it's for your mm -hmm. own good, so you probably want to use it. So try it. And if it feels good, go for it. If it feels wrong, it was probably your ego. So now, okay, you've just done this test. You've tested this information, and you've felt something different. And now you're going to use that the next time it happens. And you're going to keep repeating that process until one day you're going to find when the message comes, you will know that it was from your guides. There won't be a doubt. Yeah. It's a learning um, curve. Yeah, it's really getting in touch with that. I remember... Um, you were mentioning before about animal communication and I was introduced to that during the course of doing the rehabilitation with my horse and actually was very keen to learn how to do that myself and I actually went on a um, a one-day workshop by the animal communicator to actually learn how to do it myself. At the time I was still immersed in corporate IT life and I couldn't get over this um, doubt or lack of trust in what was coming through. I was just thinking, oh, this is just this is just my imagination. Of course, you know we're so conditioned to think that imagination is just of our own creation and not valid in terms of intuitive insight. So I found it very hard to get over that belief system of well, this is just a voice in my head and I've created it. So how can it possibly be coming from somewhere else? And is, do you find that a big challenge for people to get over that conditioning? Yes, it is. And I had that same experience when I took my animal communication training. So the way that we dealt with that was that the people in the class traded animals. So when you read for somebody else's, now you can get validation. And that helps to build your confidence in the message. Because when you read for your own animal, 
you know that your mind is going to insert the answers that you think are true. And so then you're faced with this dilemma, is that really the answer I'm getting from the animal or am I just filling in the blanks? And it's really challenging. So if you can practice, practice on things that um, you don't know the answers to. And then when the answer comes, test it to see if it's true. And that's a lot harder to do, of course, with your Akashic Records. But, you know, if you're going to play with animal communication, you can do that with other people and their animals. And that can be a fun exercise. Yes, absolutely. And it's still still on my to-do list, (laughs) definitely, to improve my skills in that direction. I do have a certain amount of, uh, of success, but not on a consistent basis. So, yes, it was interesting what you were saying earlier about being really passionate about research. And one of the things from my background in IT is having the analytical skills to really dive deep into how things work. And that's led me to a lot of new understanding about things and being a real seeker of information. So it's, uh, you know, to add the Akashic Records to that portfolio of understanding is really valuable. Um, in terms of the readings that you do, is this something that can be repeated? Is is a reading really specific to that particular time for that person and absolutely appropriate for that, but there could be other information at another time that would be appropriate for a different situation? Or is it kind of a, um, a one-off, once you've had it, you know all you need to know situation? No, there are just so many layers and layers because we've had all these lifetimes and, you know, we've built up these experiences and these injuries to our soul and the karma. And one reading is going to take care of whatever you can handle and whatever you're ready to handle at that moment in time. So you deal with that, and then you, if you want to go deeper, if you're working on becoming more conscious and empowering yourself further, then go back, you know, six weeks later or eight weeks later when you're ready and ask for the next layer of information. And that will help you to just skyrocket forward. Because if you do it on your own, it's, it's a lot harder and you're going to be missing things along the way. So, you know, my role as the facilitator is just to help you with those milestones. Let's get you from one place to the next so that you can keep growing and moving forward. So can you tell when you do the Akashic Records readings um, from a historical point of view, can you tell how many lifetimes somebody has lived? Because um, my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that we didn't all originate at the same time and we have had different numbers of lifetimes. Can you can you explain a bit more about that? Yes, we definitely have because, you know, you hear about the term old soul and then there are, are some that, you know, people refer to as new souls because they clearly have less experience and, you know, less of a body of information to work from. So, yeah, when the creator was putting this all together, I I look at it like standing there with this big ocean and uh, a dipper and, you know, dipping out uh, a little cup of, of energy and that's the next soul that comes along. So, you know, in whatever divine order this was put together, we did come out in groups or, you know, staggered because there are new souls still coming along. So now I'm losing your question. Um. It was it was Sorry. really about whether in in the Akashic records you can tell if you're dealing with an old soul or a new soul and yeah. and how that that affects the, does that have an impact on the reading or is it just yeah there are ways that you can tell um, in the soul profile that's part of the information that comes through with certain um, bits of information that we're looking for will give us an indicator of whether or not they're old or younger. But truly, that's not the important thing because what they teach us is that we don't want to get too caught up in who we were. We want to understand who we are now and how we can move forward powerfully. So, yes, they will bring up stuff from past lives to help us move forward. 
and we only ask for enough information about that to clear whatever it is to understand what it was all about and again to move forward so we don't want to get mired in the past so could I ask them how many lifetimes you had for instance I could ask I don't know that they would give me a specific answer because it's not important and it's focusing on the wrong thing does that make sense yes it does okay. um, the the other question is really looking at it from a future uh, perspective um, you know it's apparent to all of us who are on this consciousness journey, co- consciously on our conscious journey, um, that we are going through an ascension process. So in terms of the stage that a particular person is at in terms of their consciousness, is it possible to know where they are on the ascension path? I think it's possible to know to a certain extent. Um, One of the things that I look for when I I do a soul profile is the vibration of the soul. And by that number, I can get a pretty good clue where that soul is. I don't usually share that information. That's just more for the background of the reading to help me put it all together to help them. Because, again, it's not important. We don't want to focus on those details. We want to focus on where we are now and how do we move forward. So, yes, we can do it. Is it good for us? Maybe not always. Right. Sometimes, so, you know, sometimes I'll get one that's just at a certain level, and there are other elements in the, the profile that come together, and I can see, wow, this person has really done a lot of work, and they're very highly conscious. And I'll affirm that for them. I won't tell them the exact numbers because it's not important, but I will just give them that validation that I can see in your soul profile. You have done an incredible amount of work on raising your frequency and your consciousness. Right, and that's not necessarily tied to the number of incarnations, presumably, because I guess you could get into a cycle of repeating and repeating, like you were saying about the, the girl's mother, yeah. of not taking on the lesson in that lifetime and just going through a cycle of repeat where there was no real progress made. Is, is that accurate to say that yes absolutely and you know some souls just are not interested in working on being more conscious there are some who dabble on the dark side and that's their choice too they're able to do that and they can switch back to the light anytime they want but you know we're all here having this experience and making our choices is in your understanding of this and all the work that you do what do you feel is the purpose of the um, amnesia that we have in terms of consciousness of past lives and the experiences and our you know our purpose in this lifetime what what do you think is the reason for actually coming here without a memory of that well part of it is just a practical application because the world hadn't started to awaken as a whole. So if you came forward as this highly awakened soul, you would be so out of sync, and it would be really difficult to function with others around you. So that's why we're seeing, like, the indigo children coming in waves because they've got support from their community as they grow. And I'm sure that first batch of them that came along, their parents were probably very bewildered, and it was probably a really rough road for them and. We have to give them a lot of credit for being the pioneers. But then as more come, we all begin to evolve, and the earth itself is evolving to allow us to have this higher consciousness. So, again, it's just all this cycle and and process, and it can't be rushed. It takes the time it takes. Yes, and I know, you know, we use the term light workers who come here with um, with a purpose to really assist in this raising of vibration and raising of consciousness. And what seems to be a common thread amongst both people is a feeling of um, being out of place, even from the earliest um, recollection of experience. I don't know that was something I felt. It was like, I don't fit in here. (laughs) So is that kind of an echo of a memory of um, coming in with a purpose 
and almost acting as the catalyst for really uncovering that during the lifetime. Yeah, I could say that's true for me. I mean, you, we came forward and we had like a remnant or a, a shadow, and it was just there. We didn't really understand it, but it was kind of prodding us forward and helping us to move forward more than we would have without it. So, yeah, it was definitely a catalyst, and that's part of that consciousness raising. So we probably came forward with a little bit higher frequency to begin with, and that's why we were able to retain it. And then we've added to it in the successive lifetimes, as we'll hopefully continue to do. So do you see these lifetimes as as infinite, never-ending, and actually linked to this planet or are these different lifetimes um, going to be experienced in different dimensions, different environments? What, what do you feel, what do you believe is, is the uh, experience of multiple lifetimes? Well, I can tell you what I personally believe, and this is just after you know hanging out in the Akasha so much and, and doing a lot of study, and I just think the universe is a lot greater than we have any conception of. And, yeah, I think there are parallel realities and these alternate dimensions that are existing because we know time is, is this big concept that we don't totally understand yet. And so, yeah, it's perfectly logical to me that they could be existing um, on this parallel at the same time as us and that there are other planets out there with different lives. And if they are then why couldn't our souls incarnate on one of those other planets if we choose to? So do you believe it's possible to have parallel incarnations? I so, have been taught that, yes. Um, yeah. I'm still having trouble wrapping my mind around it, <laughs> but it feels true to me, yes. Yes, uh, real multidimensional rather than uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier, this programming of the the limited capacity of us in and being human and only human and not actually having this much bigger spiritual power. Um, so tell me, Deborah, what kind of impact does your reading of the Akashic Records have on people's lives? Can you share some examples of how it's impacted them going forward? Um, yeah, I can tell you one I had that, that was really, really powerful that impacted both of us. This um, young mother came to me, and initially it wasn't even part of, of what we were going to be talking about, but through the reading, uh, she shared with me that she'd had some miscarriages, and she was really grieving for those lost souls and would like more information. And so when I asked for more information about them, I got these visuals of these little cherubs coming down on these golden ropes representing the souls of the miscarriages and they came forward and they said together mommy it was not a rejection of you and we both started crying because it was so powerful because of course a mother is going to feel that you know the, the soul rejected her or that she did something wrong and so they they went on to explain that the reason that they didn't uh, were not able to be born was that there was something wrong with the body and the soul doesn't enter the body until the first breath of life so because the soul never had the first breath of life it was a miscarriage they didn't enter the body and they did say you know they really had chosen her for their mother and they wanted to be with her but she wasn't ready to have more children and they were ready for a new incarnation so they had gone on and they were moving forward in, in their new lives but they did reassure her that there was a link between their souls and they would connect again at some point in time. So, yeah, I mean, really heart-wrenching experiences like that can happen, and I never know what's going to come. You know, I've, I've had experiences where uh, I go in and I'm seeing all this darkness, and then it's like I'm Alice in Wonderland going down this tree, and all these strange things happen and then come back out into the bright light, and there's a celebration and a trip on a train. And, you know, when I go over this with this person, they explain to me that they suffer from depression. 
And so what I was seeing at that beginning was the representation of where they were at in all that darkness right now. And then going through the the bizarreness of, you know, like in Alice in Wonderland, trying to fit in with the real world but being so out of step. And then moving out of that into this town where there was a celebration and a parade, it was calling them out to live their purpose and to step out of the darkness and to ask for more. And then the, the train ride was all about moving on and going forward and offering hope. So I don't know. Sometimes they end up in space. It's just whatever is going to be important for that person to hear, whatever kind of visuals they can connect to, to bring the message full force so that they, they get the power of it. Mm. So it sounds very much like, you know, depending upon circumstances, some validation and, and reassurance, certainly in the case of the, the lady with the miscarriages, that must have been so helpful to her um, compared with, obviously, the grief and, and the, the, the self-blame, I would imagine, that was associated with that. It was such a huge gift because if you can imagine, you know, being a mother and losing a child like that, what you would go through and all the questions, and sometimes there are just no answers. And so what a huge gift her guides gave her to allow those souls to come through and to communicate their love and appreciation for her and to totally reassure her that she'd done nothing wrong. Mm. Well, we are getting towards the end of the show, Deborah, and I could uh, carry on this conversation forever. I have to ask you one more question, though, before we go on to uh, have you share your contact details with people. Um, do animals have Akashic records? Um, some people say yes and some people say no. What I can tell you is that for myself, now that I've learned to read the Akashic Records, when I communicate with an animal, I go to their Akashic Records. So for me, the answer is yes. It's different. The energy is different because their souls are different than ours. But, yeah, in my experience, they do. And what I also found is that I'm able to communicate with them on a much clearer and deeper level now than I ever was before. Wonderful. Yes. I must say, my belief is very much that animals in general are underestimated. And I've had some incredible connections with animals and they've played a really significant part. So I just couldn't resist asking that question. And I would like to share, Deborah, again, you know, my experience of having the reading with you and understanding the soul profile has been so helpful. And also, you know, the clearing rituals that you gave me to resolve some of the things that were uncovered have been very powerful and I've actually in literally a matter of days started to see change already in opening up to opportunities which were stuck before so I can really endorse everything you do just from my own experience and I really uh, urge people to follow up with Deborah if this is something that interests you um to actually connect with Deborah, and she's got uh, a couple of gifts to offer you as well. So, Deborah, um, why don't you share with our listeners how they can get in touch with you and what you're offering for listeners to the show? Yes, thank you, and thank you for that validation of my work because that's really important, and and I love to hear that. That's it's so beautiful and sacred, and it blesses me. So, thank you. Um, they can get in reach in touch with me through my website, which is Akasha Unleashed. Dot com. I'm on Facebook as Akasha Unleashed. I'm on Pinterest as The Answer Diva, and I'm on Twitter as Akasha Unleashed. So those are all ways to catch me. I'm offering them a free meditation. It's called the Blue Vortex of Healing, and it's something that was gifted to me from my Akashic guides, and it's a very, very powerful healing meditation. And um, there's a download link for that on your page. And I'm also offering them a $30 discount on an Akashic Record reading. And there's also a link for that on your page. Did I cover all the bases? Yep, I think that's great. Thank you, Deborah. Yeah, all the links are in the show notes. There's an email address for Deborah there as well if you want to contact her directly. And uh, she has some great information on her website as well. So 
Um, Deborah, thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy to talk to you, and uh, I really value our connection, which, as I say, has only ar arisen literally in the last couple of weeks, I think. <laughs> So really feel a strong connection there. And I'd like to thank all our listeners and hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, we will be broadcasting every week with more expert guests talking about all aspects of conscious living. So to avoid missing any episodes, please follow us on Blog Talk Radio or you can visit the radio show page at smilingworldmedia.com where you can listen to our latest shows and sign up to receive news of upcoming shows by email. We also have uh, the Conscious Living Club group on Facebook and uh, I invite everybody who listens to join that. Um, just do a search for Conscious Living Club. That should come up okay. And we also have a Facebook page um, um, which is Powerful People. And all the details are in the show notes. So thank you also to our local library in Bayfield, Colorado, for giving us the use of their media room for these broadcasts. We really appreciate that. And if you'd just like to say a last farewell, Deborah, and then I'll hand back over to Bill to close the show. Well, thank you, Jan, so much. It was a pleasure and a delight, and I'm so blessed to have met you. I really appreciate you. And to all the listeners, thanks for hanging in there with us. And if you have questions, just contact me through one of those uh, outlets I told you about, and I'd be happy to chat with you. Have an awesome day, Jan. Thank you. And, and it's been a joy for me too, Deborah. Thank you so much. So over to you, Bill. Okay, thank you, Jan. And a reminder, the Conscious Living Show is brought to you by Jan and Bill Moore of A Smiling World. And we provide coaching, training, and events on personal empowerment, conscious evolution, conscious business development, and the universal laws of success. To find out more about our coaching, workshops, and online courses, and to get your free copy of Dream Achiever Success Kit, Go to asmilingworld.org, and if you are building or planning to build a conscious business, you will find a wealth of free resources at successfrequency.com. We hope you'll join us again soon for more expert interviews, tips, and tools on conscious living. And now we will close with the Beach Boys from their 50th anniversary album, Good Vibrations.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.